am Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to On Death, the podcast where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, we sit down with Rahul Paul. Rahul is a 26-year-old Hindu-raised Bangladeshi, a third-year medical student interested in emergency medicine and scientist. During this conversation, we discuss the relatable story of Krishna, the value of earned perspective, and why you should breathe into your balls. <laughs> more on that later, I promise. Before we talk more about Rahul and this amazing conversation we have uh, and that you, you have lined up to listen to, I want to talk about my long-form Sunday's posts. You can find them at mnmwad.com. That's Mobility and Mindfulness Work of the Day, MNM. W-O-D.com. There I published on May 1st, 2017, on a goodbye to Tampa or 11 days to step one. This week I reflect on my time in Tampa, the people that I've known and the memories we've created together, both a goodbye and a commemoration. I'm incredibly thankful for the two years in the, su- in the sunshine state. Then, more recently, on May 7th, I published On the Move, or 12 Days to Step 1. This week, I reflect on the big move north from Tampa, Florida to Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. I recount the first great meeting of the parents, a hand-delivered cat, and a romp through the 20 acres of land filled with wild onions. And I know that the countdown doesn't sound right, but that's because I've pushed back my step date. So you can find out more about these long-form Sundays, read about the last two years of medical school, as well as all of the, all of the podcast uh, interviews in their entirety at mnmwad.com. Speaking of that hand-delivered cat, Gadsden, she is uh, very suspiciously looking around next to me. She's awesome. I've really enjoyed So as I've mentioned earlier, I've recently moved up to Coopersburg and uh, Pennsylvania, and we're sitting on this on this lovely plot of 20 acres of land and it's so wonderful it's wonderful returning to the northeast i grew up in new hampshire and being able to sort of feel like i'm mostly home it's i'm still about six hours away from new hampshire from lee new hampshire where i grew up but it's pretty close at least a lot closer than tampa florida as well as just being able to be outside and tend for some land there's i mean the previous tenants on this property, you know, they didn't take the, they didn't tend to the land as well as they could have. And so, uh, the last couple days, uh, you know, we've been here for about a week, a little over a week and we've been cleaning up. We've been just sort of getting a lay of the place of romping around the 20 acres and just getting a feel for this. I mean, there's, there's spring water pipes from uh, the main house over to our house, directly through the tap. I get spring water from the tap. It's wonderful. And uh, the other day, we were cleaning up the yard, and my partner and I, we found uh, morels hanging out just right, right there, maybe 30 feet from the actual house line. And it's just so, there's so much abundance here. And uh, I looked up a recipe for some garlic, um, garlic mustard pesto. So wild pesto, and uh, we'll be making that soon because there's so much wild, there's so much garlic mustard growing out back there. 
uh, next to where we found the morels. And it's just, there's so much abundance. Just, just, it's like a, to mo- to the average person, it would look like uh, a, just an overgrown backyard, but you know, with, with a little bit of knowledge, with a little bit of patience and care and love, it's, it's, it's just a huge garden. And um, there's a few, couple hundred yards away there's just a field full of wild onions growing like more than you would ever even cultivate it's beautiful so really excited to be here and really thankful for this place it's just gotta get through step gotta get through step before i can get there so that's enough about me for now you you hear plenty about me through the uh through the podcast and through the uh through my long form sundays Let's talk a little bit more about this conversation with Rahul. Rahul, um, I've known him since my first year of medical school, and uh, he he's just a cool guy. I've met him uh, through uh, my friend Preeti, who is also a previous interviewee for the podcast, and um, I was I'm just really really glad to have been able to talk with him. He was actually I interviewed him the day before I left Tampa, uh, so for the time being, probably the final final Tampa interview. Hopefully I'll get, I'll be visiting, you know, probably when Pennsylvania gets really, really cold and really gray next, uh, maybe next February, next January, I'll probably head down to Florida for a little bit of sun and, uh, uh, vitamin D therapy. Maybe then I'll do some more interviews down there, but for the time being final Tampa interview with Rahul Paul. And uh, it was really, it was a great conversation. We were talking, we were just, we were just talking, for maybe like a half hour before I started rolling the microphone, and uh, you can tell there, there's a, there's a, there's an energy to the to the conversation that we roll into uh, that um, you know m- is missing in some in some of the podcasts just because you know people kind of come we got stuff to do and we can't you know we can't talk and jaw and uh, about stuff for so long uh, beforehand. But it was a great conversation, and I, I really am so glad that you guys get to hear it because it's a really good one so i hope you have the coffee going i hope you have the uh i hope that you got some water boiling or maybe you're like me and you got some delicious spring water ready to just ingest sip on with your pinky up as this conversation with rahul paul on death It is April 29th, 2017. I'm sitting here in Rahul's Tampa apartment, and we're going to be talking about death through the four prompts. Rahul, what are the four prompts? I am um, before I die, when I die, and after I die. Excellent. And how do you finish that first prompt, I I am? I am. uh, I am a citizen of the the universe um, that is just full of love and just willing to accept any love that comes in my way. And that want to appreciate the the light of the universe instead of all the suffering and darkness that constantly surrounds us. So uh, when you say like I, I like the the use of like I, I want to know why you use the word citizen because for me when I think of citizen versus like a be like a being I think of um, like in Starship Troopers like a citizen is somebody that has earned. Um, their their right to vote and they are able to participate like in in that in the Starship Troopers world they're able to participate in democracy like mm-hmm. you have to earn the right to vote and then you have to utilize that vote and so like that's that's when you mm-hmm. use the word citizen like why do you use the word citizen yeah I use the word citizen because um, I feel like I've not I've, I don't know if I've earned anything or or whatnot but I know what basic fundamental human rights are and that's what um, I feel like I've 
I've, I've lived that, you know, I live like, you know, living well, taking care of others, doing only kind things, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like when you, when you live that and like, that's your uh, fundamentals and morals, moral code, I guess you're, if you, when you have a strong moral code, um, an understanding of like, you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong, you, you earn the term citizen of the world, I guess, kind mm-hmm. of thing. If you, because you, because you use the word earn, I, I guess I'm, I'm just one with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes so, some people lose touch of that and that's when you can't say you're a citizen of the, of the universal world because, you know, you, you haven't experienced those. I'm, I'm also coming from Bangladesh, you know, I've seen plenty of kids in the streets and, and, and plenty of suffering in my time. Like, you know, like, like just people dying and sometimes people, you know, when you don't, we don't, you know, when you don't have those experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm living in this apartment with you, like this luxurious apartment, you know, like, and I've been in like tin can homes and like in like the slums before. Mm-hmm. So like when you, when you have these world breathly experiences, I feel like multiple from, from both spectrums, you could kind of call yourself a citizen because you experienced it. Mm-hmm. You experience, you experience a lot. Yeah. It's like one of those, like, just being able to experience like the far ends of, of a spectrum really allows you to understand like the breadth of it. Mm-hmm. Like being like, I think of it like when you are going about your day, like, like we we're just talking about with AC, like if you're going about your day all in like a certain temperature range, but uh-huh. you never like go super high, super hot, like, right. like the Florida summer or like get super cold, like a New England winter. Like you don't understand really like how much there is to experience. Right. Like by going to the like the like the lowest levels of poverty in a slum, like you really understand like how valuable things are. Yeah. Or like going to like a super rich like ultra wealthy yacht, and you understand like this is how decadent people can get. Right. Like that kind of like it allows right. you to understand like more of like the experience of what's going on. Right. That's and the, I guess the breadth of things is what really makes someone a citizen. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, did you have a religious or spiritual upbringing to your childhood? Yeah, my parents are very religious. Uh, they're they're Hindu. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very religious back in Bangladesh. You know, till I was nine, would, would they they pray uh, two three times a day? Like they have this altar where you know they make offerings to the gods and like you know do a ritualistic you know hymns and like singing and whatnot. And um, they do this like two three times a day. At least twice a day, sometimes three, depending on if it's a special day with mm-hmm. an extra. It was called puja. Um, it's like religious ceremony, and like we have multiple gods and goddesses, so we have multiple religious ceremonies throughout the year. Like we're like you know we'll go over to my grandparents or my aunts and uncles. You know we'd have huge religious ceremonies where there would be community gatherings, and then you mm-hmm. go to the temple and do all that and whatnot as well. And so like. Yeah. Um, so there's like a blo- strong like cultural component in addition to the religious. Like so, like, yeah. you know, it's like the religious isn't necessarily separate from the like the cultural experience. No, it's like not really. At all. It's very communal. It was mm-hmm. very communal. It's like multiple people come over to the house, you know, pray, and you know, it's like it's for blessings. Like sometimes it would be like even like if you got a new car or something or a new apartment, they would have a new ceremony to like mm-hmm. bless the house or car, mm-hmm. or like if you were like you know for for kids like there's a huge goddess of like education like you go and bring your books <laughs> so she can bless your books. Oh okay. And whatnot. okay cool. Like everything like that's the cool part of Hinduism. Like some of the stuff is very very ritualistic, mm-hmm. but they they all have a purpose behind everything. There's a very a lot of purpose behind every little thing. Um, like I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago, a, a Hindu wedding, and the priest did such a beautiful job. And exp- it's like a three day wedding, and the priest did a beautiful job in explaining how does all these ritualistic tie into the the beauty of the marriage and the and the mm. and the harmonizing with two couples coming together. Like, like so, there's like that's what I like, really like about Hinduism. But 
um, as I grew older, you know, um, became more educated, went to college, you know, um, I, I met God through every religion. So, and I realized it was just like the same fundamentals we talked about, about being a human, being a citizen of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of lost sight of those uh, ritualistic things. And so I'm not as, as, as Hindu as my parents, not nowhere nearly, but I appreciate the culture mm-hmm. and the rituals and whatnot. Like, I still keep two, two pictures of two goddesses on my desk that my mom gave me when I went off to college for when I left home for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. I keep out of respect, you know, and appreciation, but it's not like I get up every morning and pray to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes once in a while, I'll just give a small prayer, but it's almost like a med- meditative prayer where I'm just like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, um, and I get going forward and you may, maybe not have thought about this, but do you, will it be important for you if, if you have children or maybe you adopt, um, would it be important for you to have your children raised in the Hindu faith? Right. I've thought about I have thought about this before, like even like thinking about you know do I, do I really want to marry a girl that kind of help me preserve this culture versus if I mm-hmm. didn't it'll like it'll definitely fade away in time because it already has faded away with me. Exactly. So exactly. like it, yeah, just it's just too. Ideally, I honestly would like to, but I don't like to pigeonhole myself into like decision like oh I'm gonna do this this way and this is gonna, how it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if it happens, it happens. If I feel like my parents instill it to my kids and hopefully they're long enough to do that. Because it'll be harder for me to instill it because I don't live it as much as they do. Mm-hmm. I still, I, will, I still go to temples and I'll definitely go take them to temples and I'll take them to religious ceremonies and where like they could appreciate and see it. But there's no way I'm gonna get as much out of it, out of it as I did with my parents because they were just like so strict, more strict about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids will definitely get like a more breadth of experience in a different religion than even I did because I'm more open to it mm-hmm. as well. But Ideally, I mean, yeah, I definitely want to get a good taste for what it is and what's it like for sure. Yeah. It's because it's also like um, I, I think of it like in terms of uh, like like plants, like like when a like a plant can be super adapted to a specific region, mm-hmm. but then if it moves to another, like like things need like there there are times where, where things need or it's great when things are like very um, pure, like I don't want, maybe pure is like a good word to use, but like very very um, like in that line. And then when, you know, after a generation or two, things need to change. And yeah, like in, you, have, you need to adapt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's great to have, like, you know, a strong belief and strong um, sense of religious uh, moral code. Because you get your moral code from those, you know, mm-hmm. from that one thing. Because if you're too diverse and, like, too much into too many things, sometimes you, know, you could get confused into, like, what's right and what's wrong. So it's good to start off with one thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, that's one of the main reasons maybe I just want my kids to learn Hinduism for a long time until they can make their own choices when they're a little older like I am. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be hard because, like, I'm not like that myself. But I'm sure when you have a kid, it changes it changes you. So maybe I'll become more Hindu mm-hmm. if I have a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you have a kid, it changes who you want to, because it's who you want to per- portray to your kids. So exactly. It could change. But I, I'll definitely like them to have a strong... Background in it because I think it's one of the few religions that's very accepting of other religions, mm-hmm. very open and diverse. So, and at the same time, it's pretty cool. Like it's like Greek mythology in a way. It's like Greek mythology, the coolness of Greek mythology, but also like the seriousness of like mm-hmm. a modern religion, like where you learn the proper moral code and whatnot. And that's that's something that that like might be part of your reasoning is that like mythology is like the stories behind it because mm-hmm. the the stories that you tell a child are like the kind of like burrow deep into the right. source code exactly and like, and like are there um because i don't i'm not that familiar with hinduism and like the mythology and like the the stories involved but is there is there like a particular story that uh resonates really strongly with you 
Yeah, um, our main god, um, Krishna, mm -hmm. he's like the called the ultimate godhead, Krishna consciousness. I'm sure you've heard of Hare Krishna people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've, it's like they're like the most famous thing around, one of the most famous things in the world. They go around chanting and stuff. But Krishna is supposed to be the ultimate god, the ultimate human consciousness that binds everything together. And he's, his reincarnation on earth was actually like that of a child. He was a baby child that like, you know, people would, would like pray, like he would come in, like they would make offers to the gods and he would come by and eat the offerings and while well, people didn't notice and like, like they would think all oh, the God actually ate it all and everything. And he kind of did, it was Krishna that ate it all. But he was like this mischievous kid that did whatever he wanted. <laughs> he, he always broke the rules. Mm -hmm. He never did any, anything that everyone else wanted. That, that, I think that story in particular really resonates with me. Like saying, show me that God itself is like not the strict, serious guy. It's just mm -hmm. like this kid like that embraces their their um, inner child that like just um, does everything for the fun and fun of it all, not, not, nothing to harm people or, or mm -hmm. anything like that. He always has good intentions and just like wants to help everyone out, but like always has fun with it too, and just like mm -hmm. living life like like how it should be lived by the moment. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a strong tradition in a lot of Native American uh, like mythology of, of like the coyote. Like coyote, coyote is like the like sort of trickster like really like very human like in, in yeah. that way like they're very like kind of like gets himself into trouble because <laughs> he's like a little too smart for his own good but also like you know like has these motivations and it's it sounds very like kinda, like that there's something really important about having um like your like having a strong character in the mythology of like that is fallible and that make that like does things that like aren't like you know like that are kind of like you know let's create a little yeah. chaos. Yeah, it, sh it shows that everything is not perfect. Even God is not perfect. Mm -hmm. It was just like because people love perfectionism, like being in medicine. Like people love you know knowing everything, getting everything right. Being mm -hmm. a surgeon, you want to you want to perfect mm -hmm. everything. But you gotta realize that everything is not perfect. And that's what Krishna made, showed me. Like even this God is not perfect. He's just doing his own thing. Like <laughs> really, like, maybe like maybe, really made me less judgment of myself when i do bad things and mm -hmm. like go like or even have a bad thought you know it makes me realize oh this is normal it's like just as long as you acknowledge it and like know what to do with it it's mm -hmm. fine so mm -hmm. that's what krishna that little story has told me but it, honestly i'm I, I, like i said i'm not too in tune with my religion and my stories myself there's there, i know a lot of people they're not indian or they're, they're like native um latino or you know uh, American, you know, they, they know a lot more about sometimes Hindu religion than I do because they read a lot more. I will, honestly have not read as much as I should have. Like our, our Bible is called the Bhagavad Gita. There's also other books. But I read extras from it once in a while. But if I read all of it, I'd probably have a better understanding. But most of my understanding is from like cartoons I saw, like <laughs> stories I've, I've heard of other people, like, you know, just like hearing priests talk and whatnot. I wish I had a better understanding of it. But I highly recommend, look, I, something, I think it's something that you would appreciate if you looked into it too. I keep getting that recommendation. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, one of these days. Yeah, Hinduism is like something that, I mean, I know even a lot of Muslims. Like one of my one of my brothers that I grew up with that, t that was my age that kind of taught me the ways of the mm -hmm. neighborhood and whatnot. Like he, I was surprised. He actually, when I, when I went to visit him the other month, um, uh, he gave me a, a, one of the different, one of the Bibles, one of the Hindu Bibles. He's like, yeah, he read it all. Like, dude, this is great. Like, like have it i'm like oh. i can't believe you read it before i did and he's and he's, and he's muslim mm -hmm. and he grew up in a stri really strictly muslim household and he was pretty strictly muslim for a while now he's like he's still like he's like me in a, in a way like he appreciates it but like i'm surprised he even he went out of his way to actually read the you know hindu mm -hmm. there's a huge stigma you know like hinduism and muslim mm -hmm. um, and islam and just um so i'm surprised he even read that like it was pretty i mean they just show like you know people growing up in this day and age are just so open to things mm -hmm. Like it's important to have some level of foundation, but then being able to use that foundation to explore other ideas. Yeah, is really important. exactly. That's yeah. That's 
and we're going back to what I want to teach my kids again. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so you are a citizen of the universe. What else are you? How else do you finish the prompt? I am. I am. Um, I am very lost. because i feel like i never know what i exactly want i feel like i want something but my mind is very chaotic i always mm-hmm. like like change i'm a very phasic person mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very phasic like people love having their rituals and doing things in certain ways i'm always a person that's like willing to fuck with it and change it around like on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't bother me to like do things differently or like change my ways up i'm, I'm very comfortable with change i'm very phasic Mm-hmm. like some people say they have an addictive personality and like sometimes when people see me f- for 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 the moment they might think i'm i'm a, I'm a very addictive personality because i like two things when i think when i think of something that's all i talk about that's all i do but then you'll see me like a month later i'm like i'm moved on to something else mm-hmm. like a different mm-hmm. idea or different way of thought or mm-hmm. a different way of doing something you're like that like a uh, little uh, i think of like there are some dogs that can like if you leave a full bowl of food out, they'll just kind of nibble at it when they're hungry. Uh-huh. And then they'll come back to it later and, like, we're like, oh, let's have a little snack. And then there are other dogs, like golden retrievers, that will, like, if you give them a full bowl of food, they will just eat all of it and be sick. <laughs> and it sounds like you're a little bit more towards that golden retriever. Yeah, I am. I am. I definitely, I definitely don't leave uh, any food on my plate, ever. <laughs> That's all my mom's favorite as well. You're, just, you're like, a little, like, garbage disposal. Yeah, 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 exactly. I really am, man. That's mm-hmm. funny you bring that up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, uh, what do you feel like it, what do you feel lost in? Cause like being, in order to be lost, you need to be like there, you have to be like, the thing has to be somewhere to be lost. Right. 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 Um, I think like it's, it's based on just our time and how things are changing because, you know, back in the days, like, you know, you were told you got to do this or you got married at this time. You, you pretty much have everything laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, certain things happen in a certain chronological and time-like fashion. But for me, like, you know, um, I feel like I'm, I observe everything around me. I take it as much as I can. I realize the after the, after the, the times. And like, I don't even know if, I, if medicine is something I want to do for, for too long even. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I'm lost in because it's something my parents, you know, came to the U.S. for me to do, like, become mm-hmm. a doctor and all that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I mean, it's great. It taught me a lot about people and how to take care of people and like, what people are going through. Like, I'm 100% appreciative of it, but I don't think, I don't even know if this is, like, the best way. I really want to help people and change the world as much as I can inspire others. And I don't even know if this, this is the best venue of me to do it. I know it's for the time being it is, but I don't know where I want to be even, like, six seven seven years from now mm-hmm. you know, some people mm-hmm. talk about 10 years but like, even like shorter than that i don't know if i really want to be in this career path even then because you are you're in your third year of med school right now yeah you're finishing that up and yeah. you, so you've had like that like in the hospital experience like what is modern medicine like right like what is like oh, yeah. the vast majority of medicine practice like right and it it can it, be, really, it was a crazy third year like you, you grow so much as a person be, being in the hospital and, mm-hmm. and seeing all that and like um We'll we'll get back to that because I really want to talk about it, yeah. but I want to talk more about being lost. Yeah, because because uh, I I love that so much because it's <laughs> it's um you know like I remember this quote like if uh, avoid those who claim to have found the answer and and like and like seek those who are still searching for it. Yeah, you know, and it's like you know being lost and admitting that and being comfortable with it, like you know because being lost is not a comfortable experience, right. you know, but be, like being uh like appreciative and open to the experience of being lost is important because it allows you to change and allow like that, that state of flux is important. Like that a lot of squishy, like weirdness allows you to do things versus like somebody who is like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to stick to it. It's like, you know, if that, if they're even a little bit off, 
on like what that like ironclad thing that they're like they're gonna do. It's like they're good, like they, they because of how how rigid they are in it. Like the only way that they can change is to totally crack, right? Rather than to like allow a little bit of right. Like Bruce Lee said, flow like water. Like mm-hmm. you always gotta be constantly changing with your time and the people you hang out with and your thoughts. Um, I'm lost in the sense that. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. If medicine is the best way of way of helping people and mm-hmm. treating people, especially mm-hmm. modern medicine, which is very capitalistic driven. That and it's uh, something so ingrained within me is my career path, my my living right now, like medicine and like mm-hmm. and you know using pharmacology and all this. But mm-hmm. I'm really like confused by this concept of capitalism and what's true and what not. What research is actually true that mm-hmm. people are citing that like is helping people versus what's like just money driven. You know, so mm-hmm. like I'm lost in that in that sense. Like, how do I go about um, helping people and like earning my living in a way like I'm not uncomfortable with it because I'm uncomfortable with helping someone out like just for a profit, profit uh, capitalistic gains. Mm-hmm. So I'm lost in that sense. I'm I'm lost in sense that now I'm becoming more comfortable with myself. Who do I hang out with? Like do I just stop stop hanging out with people because I just see so much wrong with what they're doing? You know, mm-hmm. like just I've and got, like do you yeah. do you become like the loud vegan that's like that's that's wrong. Yeah, I know, exactly, that, yeah. exactly. But I also don't want to be judgmental because they're doing it for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want, like it's it's like all these things are always popping up in my head. Am I being too judgmental right now? Am I being too mean? Am I being too nice? Or like should I step away? Like you know, I'm lost in that sense. Like mm-hmm. you know, like my interaction with people and like my career, like. Like, so sometimes it's like hard for me to convince myself. Okay, let's 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 get back into it. And, like not think about these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's like am I is what I'm if you have to like asking yourself am I, what I is what I'm doing right is so is so important, but it is so tough because yeah. you get you, you can like, start what, what determines right or wrong, what determines and who determines it exactly. You can yeah. start like asking super meta questions, yeah. and, and then it's like am I even the person asking the question? I don't, you know, like, like <laughs> right. Right. And it's, but it's important. It's, it's, it's that like level of like self analysis that is like really so important to growth, but it is not comfortable and it is not easy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as I, what really got me to this point was like when I started doing meditation, like mm-hmm. really heavily at the beginning of med school and like every year it just like made me like learn more things about myself and the people around me more and more asking these questions more. So I feel like as I meditated more, um, and I found myself more. I actually got became more lost too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you understand exactly. Like yeah. you kind of like pull, like slowly peel the layers back and understand like how like how crazy things are. Yeah, but it's it's not a bad thing at all for sure. It's like it's actually really fun knowing that that I'm lost, knowing that um I could take any path and it'll be okay. I'll just like figure things out as well. And it's pretty pretty amazing and funny. And like kind of trippy, all the things you find out about <laughs> uh, at the same time about yourself and the surroundings as you become more lost. Mm-hmm. You explore, you become, you literally find find your inner. As you become more lost, you find your inner child more, mm-hmm. and that 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 explorative, inquisitive, like you know, version of yourself that's that you, I think adults lose sight of because of the pressures of the. Mm-hmm. of society yeah so it, being lost is good it's cool it's, it's very good. very good it's a good thing and like using and not using but like utilizing other like starting like to realize like when you interact with somebody you're both like using each other as a mirror you're both like under like if you if you're uh, aware of it you can learn so much from every interaction just by like how you react how they react what you think about the interaction right. like, all that kind of stuff right I'm I'm still learning about that all the time. Sometimes I still like get in my own head sometimes and forget what the person's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens way too often. So like it's something I'm trying to like I'm working on right now, just becoming a better listener and like t- mm-hmm. trying to get into seeing what the other person's thinking. Like sometimes I let my own judgment and thoughts cloud that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I'm working on on becoming even more lost, but like more uh, control lost version of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So you are a citizen of the universe. You are lost. Uh, what else are you? Um, um, I'm a scientist. Scientist. Yeah. As in, uh, I like to explore different options, like different things of what, what could work or what could not work for me mm-hmm. and see like, you know, what I want to keep with me and what I want to let go. Um, I'm mm-hmm. constantly experiencing, experimenting with biohacking myself. Mm-hmm. Like, what is oh, your most recent experience, experiment? Um, I would say, uh, deep breathing. Yeah. Like I, I learned this technique called breathing into your balls on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. And whenever I do it, I just feel like I just feel so much more in tune, um, with my surroundings mm-hmm. and like just deep breathing. Because we all think that we, we breathe so well because something like autonomous and like just automatic mm-hmm. for us. Like it just, like, you don't have to even think about it. But I think 90% of us are like, are like breathing pretty poorly. <laughs> I like, agree. And I like, agree. it just like, it's something that really helps me. Like, um, like get my thoughts together, um, make, makes me more confident, makes me like less, like un- uh, less unsure of myself. Mm-hmm. So, and like it improves my lifts, like mm-hmm. my, my workouts. Um, yeah, yeah it it's, makes me push myself harder. Like when I'm like in a surgery and like, I'm like about like losing, losing focus because of such a long surgery, like focusing on that breathing and that breathing into your ball, like deep into your perineum and mm-hmm. into your groin area, almost like where you're getting full expansion of your lungs is like really like changes you and like how much you're... <laughs> I agree because yeah. right. it's like it's 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 like the difference between like like sometimes when I think about it when people are like I, I can breathe fine it's like okay right. but like you like the difference between an orgasm from like bad masturbation right like lazy <laughs> you know that kind and versus like you know with your partner like you're both like really experiencing everything that's going right. on and that kind of like real experience like that's, that's that breath of experience yeah, we're talking about the beginning exactly like it's, that that yeah. breath of experience like that there's that with your breath and and breathing into your balls sounds a lot like 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 the sort of like the basis of kundalini yoga which yeah. I, I kind of like describe it as like taint yoga like you're, <laughs> you're working out your taint and like yeah. breathing a lot because there are you know everyone thinks of that that big diaphragm for, right by your lungs but then there's also like your, your like you were saying the perineal diaphragm that is just as important to creating like a a solid structure uh-huh. and like it's that's a thing that we don't control like people it's such a common thing to like have people have like uh stress incontinence like like ladies ladies especially like just like a little like cough causes a little bit of urine to pop up that's how i've been dealing with this whole past week actually yeah yeah <laughs> again it's like because it's such a like like nobody you, you don't work that diaphragm because you don't work the big diaphragm you know it's right like, and, and i'll give a great anecdotal evidence of this like my parents they're like 50 55 years old um my mom and dad and I recently taught them taught them this breathing into the, your balls technique when I was mm-hmm. back home, and ever since then, like they can't stop talking about it when they call me. <laughs> they're like, they're like oh, I feel so good now. Like I really like. I always ask them, Hey, have you worked out today? Have you gone for your walk? Or you know, have you done good something good for your health? But no, but they're like, Oh no, but I've been doing this breathing technique and it's great. Like my dad like feels like his asthma is better. My mom oh, like has like yeah. better like pain control. Like you know, like this myologist from like doing housework mm-hmm. and all this stuff, all mm-hmm. this. Like they like they rave about it, and like it's something like they're like you know when you're so old you definitely forget about how to breathe properly. So if you don't have someone telling you to consciously back it, set it back into you know a set point that's like that's uh beneficial to your health versus like this pathological set point where like it's like just not deep and great and it's like probably leads to all kinds of health problems over the year that you don't even, are not even aware of. Like just yeah. like poorly oxygenating your body like over a long yeah. period of time. It's like it's not gonna create effects. But it's such a, like a it's such a simple like tweak that it's like simple. how can it make that big of a difference you know simple. but it, like I mean that's honestly, that's another thing that medicine and like biohacking myself 
because like I said, I'm a scientist and like this experiment, experimenting with myself and just experimenting with what I see and choose to hear and like, you know, choose to read online. Um, it seems like most, most of our medical problems, that's another reason I don't like medicine is because most of our medical problems are very simple, um, that we could like manage it. But when we don't, when you just ignore it, they become something big mm-hmm. and something that's destructive that when you pretty much end up, um, dead either, um, consciously, like, you know, even if your physical body is not dead, if you're meant, if you're, when you're dead inside and mentally, like that's what I, what I saw a lot in the hospital, mm-hmm. you're pretty much beyond repair. Like, I don't know if at that point it's even worth it to expend all this money and pharmaceuticals and time in the hospital to help someone out because their, their problems is much deeper inside than that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, like, how do you address that? Especially yeah. within the model that exists. Exactly. Like exactly. I think of, uh, I think I recently saw the movie Inception again. And I think of that a little bit more recently of like when you're talking about like these, like, these like all like, like if a person has like the, all these myriad of problems, it's like, it's, you can, if you keep going down deeper into the layers, you can track it and it gets, it funnels down to something small uh-huh. that like has like from a deep layer, it has like a huge effect like on the surface uh-huh. and like being able to address that. Like if you just like tweak that little thing at the bottom, it's like then everything else will kind of flow, but being able to have the ability to address that thing at the bottom rather than just trying all the surface stuff. Right. And I, if you, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, the master with Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, no, I haven't see that movie because it's kind of like addresses the same thing. Um, uh, it's this uh, a dock on a naval ship back in World War World mm-hmm. War time, or maybe Cold War. I don't know. World War probably, but he pretty much helps soldiers through psychotic breakdown and problems by kind of like unearthing their inner child, like like problems that happened back with their family back mm-hmm. in the days, mm-hmm. and like he even says that how memories of your parents could affect the memories of the kids even when they're being born, like this, or even your past generations even before that. It's mm-hmm. almost like reincarnation in a way where. Your karma of the of your family, your heritage, kind of follows you mm-hmm. in a sense and makes you who you are. Well, like <laughs> like even even from like if even if that like you don't quite buy in on epigenetics entirely and like right. and like chromosomal inheritance of memories, there's there's still like you know when you're when you're talking about the gestation of a female um, within a within a person like so like in this generation if, if like someone were to get pregnant now the the eggs for her child are being gestated within her. So that's going to affect the next generation. Like it's like a grandmother's right. effect has that effect mm-hmm. on the granddaughter directly. Like it's right. like whatever's happening, like it's still, it takes a couple generations. Like if you're, if you're malnutrition, if there's malnutrition, if there's like a lot of stress, like, like crazy life events. Like I know for my family, um, one major event was the Korean war and like having, having the effects of like my father, you know, he, he went through extreme poverty as a child in, in the wake of the Korean War. His, all of his, uh, all of his sisters, my aunts, they're, and like my grandmother, like there's severe, I can tell there's so much severe trauma yeah. as a result of that. And it's going to take a couple generations to like flush that out, you mm-hmm. know, but like. And that concept of trauma is so interesting because people think, people think of trauma, they just think like a car accident, like a mm-hmm. physical trauma. But this emotional trauma is like the biggest trauma that we ignore that's beyond Anything could even even fathom this physical this that, that trauma really leads to all other underlying health problems that you'll you'll ever have in your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's why like uh, most people that have like you know like just issues in their life as adults, it could be honestly almost all of it could be um, traced back to trauma as a kid. Anything like I, I think most adults they behave and do things the way they do because of their upbringing and their and like your childhood really determines that and the trauma you experienced. 
mm-hmm. during your childhood. And it sounds it sounds so simple and reductive, but it's like it's not like it's not that easy. No. Like it's like it's yeah. not that easy. You have to accept that. You have to understand that mm-hmm. power to be even begins. A lot of people are very in denial or like just unaware about that aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. Because of that first, you have to first accepting it is the first step to help treating the problem. Mm-hmm. And I believe the treatment is always there. I think anyone could always be helped and saved. Um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, but you kind of have to like accept and acknowledge the problem before anything else can be made. Absolutely. But but what I really hated this uh, modern society and why I'm blasting is because we just like to band-aid the problem with our modern medicine and modern like you know just like ignore ignorance of it all, mm-hmm. and then the that problem gets bigger until like bursts and mm-hmm. you know. And like uh, we were talking a little bit before we were recording about like scientism and like the the like strict like adherence to like the like evidence-based medicine but then like what do what evidence is there based right. on like where does the money come from it's like really it can be like science is great and being a scientist is great but like having a complete faith in science is right. tough because like what are we getting the science from yeah sometimes you know especially people like us like we're kind of different <laughs> and like like to think differently mm-hmm. we get automatically blown off when we think of when you bring up these things they're like oh these are people like conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. you know like oh not nine eleven didn't happen all the <laughs> other yeah. crap but we're, i'm not a conspiracy theorist like i've seen evidence behind like why i think the way i do like there's clearly the capitalism going on clearly things that are like just misnomers are like they've been like uh, the false, the the lies have been propagated for so long that people believe it to be the truth now, mm-hmm. and that's like a lot of society. It's like not just me being a conspiracy theorist. I've seen like you know like one of my favorite professors at Emory taught me that never believe any any research you see, and he was like the the head professor that was doing multi million dollar research because like you know he know he even he admitted that research questions and research could be formulated like turned turned into a fashion where it answers your question so you're published. So, like, it's really hard to, like, trust any of these things because, like, you manipulate it even subconsciously, even without trying to, like, mm-hmm. have malintentions, you know? It's it's so difficult. And, yeah. And it's, like, where do you... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The I human don't mind know. is just so complicated. Like, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the decisions that we're thinking of, the rationality we're making is not really not rational at all. It's just, like, rational to us that we kind of, like, fit it together, like, to make it, like, seem good to us, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like to like keep things open. Like that's why I'm I'm skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Uh, skeptic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like, do you do you see um, your you being a scientist separate separate from you being a physician? Yes. Oh yeah, completely. But because I think everyone everyone is technically a scientist mm-hmm. because everyone everyone's curious, right? Especially as a kid, like I said, like finding your inner child. Um, as a kid, we're all curious, experimenting with this world, what works and what doesn't. We're all scientists. You don't have to be experimenting in a, lab, in a laboratory with like chemicals and mm-hmm. mixing things mm-hmm. together and whatnot to become a scientist a scientist could be a, you know a social scientist a psychological scientist whatever like you just like explore different venues of this world because this world has multiple million possibilities and directions if you think of a computer program like the the computations are endless mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think everyone's a scientist when you experiment with those things versus like staying rigid in your path mm-hmm. so i think everyone is a scientist and being a physician is completely completely different being a physician is when you're if, if a true physician is someone that's just a healer of humans, like just a healer of emotions, of phys- physical ailments, anything, a physician is someone that's just a healer mm-hmm. that makes a person feel better, more comfortable with who they are, um, that shows them the way. I think anyone can be a physician. You don't have to be someone that prescribes drugs mm-hmm. or um, goes through medical school and pays fifty thousand dollars a year for <laughs> tuition. You know, like you literally could learn it. You can literally be a, be a physician by even if you don't have the degree. I think we would like to label things with things, but 
I don't think you need a label. You could you could learn to be a great doctor mm-hmm. on YouTube and just actually like learning hands-on medicine in like Haiti or p- locations where there's not as many regulations and rules like in bureaucracy like in the U.S. where mm-hmm. you're constantly afraid of being sued and like following the rules and whatnot. Um, anyone could be a physician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's completely different from being a scientist though, for sure. Yeah, it, it, and it is such an interesting thing seeing how much like like resources there are for studying for boards and like under like realizing like oh somebody could just like do this like yeah. on their own if they were like motivated easily. enough they could oh, just easily. do this easily um anyone from china or india who like who's way more dedicated way more disciplined than we are because mm-hmm. they, they have they're fighting for more limited resources um could come in and Cross the test that we're taking by like just reading a book for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you don't have to pay fifty thousand dollars and all and pay for all this education and stuff. But what I do appreciate about education is like meeting people like you. I would never have met someone like you unless mm-hmm. it wasn't for med school. So it's like that, that's the one thing about education I still like is the people you meet and the mentors you meet. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the education you're actually getting, well, yeah, it's it's not worth the money at all. It's, it's, like the, it's the honestly, it's the people you meet, and that's what mm-hmm. life is about. Life is about the relationships you build and the people you meet. So edu- that that way, med- medical school is still good, great and all, but I think the education you actually get, like it's, it's you can learn it anywhere, especially mm-hmm. in this information age. It's mm-hmm. because of our age, we're a lot. We, we could learn it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But if if you go back twenty years ago, you couldn't do this. You have to like you know know which books to get from. You have the teachers and physicians tell you where where you have to study and mm-hmm. how you how you got to do. But nowadays, like everything's on your phone. Like even <laughs> even modern doctors. Uh, some of some of my best doctors, uh, mentors I met this year, are doctors that acknowledge that that education the that we're learning is not the same as how they learn, mm-hmm. and they're like they they modify their teaching techniques to meet that. Then mm-hmm. so they they kind of understand that hey, even if you don't know this drug, we'll quickly look it up on our app or phone. Like they know that we have this thing to augment our mm-hmm. abilities. And then, and that's cool that these old school docs acknowledge that. Some of them don't, and some of them are bitter about it. Like, oh, like these kids aren't studying these days, or like they don't know what a library is or what a mm-hmm. book is. Mm-hmm. But like they, the best docs kind of realize that times has changed. Yeah, <laughs> and that's such a hard thing for like even for us to understand like how much things are changing because yeah. we're kind of born into this time of tumultuous like upheaval that like things are way different. Now. Yeah, yeah, things. Things have changed tremendously in my like last ten years. I would say, mm. even though like I, I guess ten years ago I was like sixteen, I couldn't like really make too much of a great judgment of the world. But I feel like it's changed. It's changed so rapidly in these ten years. Like I didn't even have a phone <laughs> in high school. Like I didn't have I didn't have a phone until like senior year of high school, like first year of college. You know, now I suddenly have an iPhone six, which is way more than like this Nokia brick phone I had in high school. Mm. You know, barely had. Like it's just crazy. Like in my it, within my ten years, I feel like my life has changed so dramatically. And so I can only imagine, like, you know, what these physicians that think, you know, in their lifetime when things were probably slower mm-hmm. for their time and that, that growth was a little slower, but, like, change probably so tremendously for them in the last 10, 20 years. <laughs> so you are a citizen of the universe, you are lost, and you are a scientist. Yeah. Is there anything else that you are? Um, can't think of anything right now. It's totally <laughs> right. You got lots of time to talk about all sorts of wacky things. Uh, how do you finish the prompt, before I die, I want? Before I die, I want. Um, before I die, I want. I want to continue my continue my breadth of experiences, because I think it, that's what life is about. Like having experiencing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely want to ex- be on be in every continent in this in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, travel to as many countries as possible. If if I could hit all of them, that's great. <laughs> um, but the, going through all of them would be would be cool. 
um, before I, I die, I want to see aliens if, if they, they do exist. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to definitely like you know have like no bottom or like you know learn more secrets of this universe before I die because yeah. I feel like there's so much I'm curious about like how things work like um, if there are other species out there like mm. what, like what caused this universe to begin to you know to start with was it really a big bang or mm-hmm. did we create this or is this a simulation or what what is what's going on so, <laughs> so i would want more answers before i die for sure like i'm just like so curious about so many things um i would like to um you know help others out more than i i'm even right now i want to eventually go back to my country Bangladesh one day and like you know build a free clinic Mm-hmm. Build, honestly, if anything, I want to build free clinics throughout every continent if I can, if I have the resources and money to do it, and like have more of an impact that way. Um, possibly have a kid. I'm not too sure about that. I feel like I'm too much of a kid myself mm-hmm. that I, that I don't take care of myself enough to be to be, <laughs> to be responsible for a wife and, mm-hmm. and child. I don't know if I can do that. That's a lot of pressure on me. I don't like putting pressure on myself. Um, and but I mean, if that happens, that'll be pretty sweet. But if anything, <laughs> if anything, I would, I, would, I wouldn't mind adopting because mm-hmm. then I wouldn't feel as guilty, and I wouldn't adopt a child either. I would adopt like not a baby either. I would adopt like you know like a adolescent. Mm-hmm. So like they're a little bit more easier to handle. They could appreciate you know where they came from and the help, the the good the good that that is in the world by me helping them out, and they could like carry that on to you know somewhere else. Because if I have a kid, you know th- that this kid will always have a great life. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But if if I adopt, you know, it'll be this kid could have appreciated that breadth of experiences that kid had. Mm-hmm. So maybe adopt the kid before I die, mm-hmm. um, so, so they could have that. You know, you know, I could put that one more good person back into the world, to like kind of pro- like continue my legacy or what what I, what I, what I, what I, I want to see, like just helping others out and whatnot. Um, maybe fly into space with like you know what Tesla is doing with SpaceX <laughs> mm-hmm. so definitely like see space experience like yeah. what is zero gravity yeah uh huh cause it's I, I remember uh, reading like if for a human that for a future human that is born in 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 zero gravity um they will have no sense of height they will only have a sense of distance oh wow because in a gravity you only get the sense of height in a gravity well so People that are born out outside of our gravity well will only understand distance, like because everything's just—it's like a very—it's uh-huh. like a weird thing to think about. That so, like, so even on Mars, you're saying you're, it like it will because they'll have a gravity well, they'll still understand. There's like, still some gravity, but okay. like when if you're looking in zero g, everything's just far. There's no height, right? Because it requires you have no foundation to like the the, the grounding experience. exactly. Yeah. Like so, being like I don't know something about space is just so interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just such a wacky wacky <laughs> endeavor. Um, I wholly support people trying it out, but it's just so wacky. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's go back to that first one. Go, you want to travel? You want to go visit all the continents? Have you? So you you're from Bangladesh. You and then you went to uh, the U.S. in Miami. Uh, when you were nine, is have you done any other travel? Um, that's the thing. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons I want to travel because my parents came with very little from Bangladesh. Even though it sounds like I'm a world traveler, I came from halfway across the country. But after moving moving to Miami, we really didn't travel anywhere because they made very little money, like thirty, forty k a year. Mm-hmm. And even even to this day, that's what that's pretty much their source of income. And we only went back to Bangladesh once in our eighteen years because mm-hmm. it's so expensive, mm-hmm. and we don't have much money to begin with. And my parents, like, we never went on vacations at all as a kid because literally all the money was, like, for... Because they didn't make much. And it was a family of five. I have twin sisters that are 21. Um, all the money went for, our, like, you know, the food on our table and our well-being and the clothes on our back. But the things we never, like... I never felt like I was missing anything. Mm. 
besides traveling, because all my other friends were like, well, you know, going to Disney or like traveling to this and that, traveling mm-hmm. on a cruise. We never did that as kids. Like we just pretty much like hung around the neighborhood, went to like family, friends, houses with little parties and whatnot. That's like our childhood. We never traveled at all besides mm-hmm. that one trip to Bangladesh when I was in like uh, high school, my senior year. Ever since, like, besides that, we never traveled um, until I got to college, and I finally got a, got to go on a senior year trip after I graduated from college. Mm. So I went to Europe, mm-hmm. and then um, I went to Europe again first year of med school. Like it was like cheap tickets. I went back like just Eastern Europe this time. And other than that, uh, after I graduate, after I finished step, I went. This is my first major fam- family vacation I, I've ever done since we went to Bangladesh like ten years ago. We explored the like northeast U.S. Went to Canada, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. went to Michigan, uh, went to D.C. So that's like that was a big travel experience that w- that I did with my family. But like it's something that we never did because we never had the money to do it. Because you know like like why spend money on travel when you have to, like other things to worry about like food and like you know like like da- things of daily living. So like there's something like they don't indulge in my parents that mm-hmm. they don't indulge in traveling much. Mm-hmm. I understand so, the very so, thrifty immigrants. Yeah. yeah. So like it's something that that was that was always a. a that's something I I yearn yearn for because that was like something we never did. So that's mm-hmm. why I want to travel. Like so, I have a lot more to explore. Mm-hmm. I went to Colorado for the first time like two years ago, right after first year of medical school because of a conference. Spent a summer in Puerto Rico, which is pretty cool because I never got to do travel abroad as a kid uh, in college. I don't have the money for it. But Puerto Rico, I, I was in a month. I was there for a month through something through Moffitt and USF here that they set up. They just like gave me everything for free. So that was great. So pretty rad. Puerto Rico, Colorado, I did. Um, the Northeast U.S., like New York and New Jersey and, and Canada, but like there's so much left to see. Like it's, mm. it's like I, I, even even in my limited time, all, most of my traveling, all that traveling I just mentioned, occurred literally over the last four years. Oh. Literally within the last four years was all those traveling. Besides my one trip to Bangladesh that I went back for, um, and I was in we were in India too because half my family lives in India pretty much mm. because we we're like the Hindu, Bengali, Bengali is ninety percent Muslim, so like the Hindu side is. And the Indian, all Eastern side is like 300 million Bengalis that speak my language, even mm-hmm. more than people in my country, which is like 180 million. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, all my traveling have occurred in the last four years, but it's been a good amount. But the, the thing about traveling, traveling is cool. I just want to see it because I want to see, I want to have that breadth of experience and how things work in every part of the world. But sometimes we, we forget to explore our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Like people don't realize, people are, these millennials these days always love talking about how they want to get away from their work and travel, 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 stay over for travel, do all this. Uh, but I, pre- I appreciate that you don't have to actually be doing that all the time. Like growing up, you know, my household where we didn't travel. And like also like realizing more and more that sometimes I forget to explore my own backyard. Mm-hmm. Like recently in Miami, I realized that there was this one bench like right outside my house. Like I never sat on like that. I can't remember really sat on that <laughs> bench and I've lived there for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like I sit on this bench and see how that feels. And it's like pretty amazing when you like explore and become that scientist and start doing those little mm-hmm. things that you you never explored before. The traveling doesn't have to be something that's across the world or across cities. It could be something like 10 minutes away in a park somewhere mm-hmm. that you never explored. So that could be traveling. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and also if you if you put traveling on such a pedestal that you're yeah. like, what I'm doing now is like so lame. Right. And then, People- like, and then you, like, build up this idea of, like, oh, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to see all these things I saw on the Internet. It's really tough because you 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 – take yourself with you right you know so if you have like if you if you are if you can't get in, if, if you don't if you don't already have the traveling mindset you can't it's like you know it's weird you right just, you don't become you don't just become a different person when you go right. like see the eiffel tower you're still you 
Right. Uh, and that can be a thing that you, it's like, it's either baggage or it can be a good thing. Right. 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 So like, yeah, traveling is great or not, but I just want to emphasize the fact that it's not the be all end all. It's mm-hmm. just like something like just a little extra, like, um, like a luxury almost, but at the same time, it's a way to like meet people that grew up in that part of the world that have a completely different mindset. Mm-hmm. You learn something so different from them. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you want to see all the, you want to get, travel to every continent? You, and then the next one was I forget if that one was no you you want to uh, help people at, with your with your you want to help like help people yeah I just, I want to I don't know if it's a legacy or anything I just I just want I don't care if there's any legacy like um, I think your legacy is determined by how how many people you inspire so like mm-hmm. it's like not really the things I leave behind but just like a- just like show people that you know where I came from or where I am and at the same time just like um, you know inspire people like you know. Do the do good and like help others in, in a way. If it means like you know, building free clinics and inspiring other doctors and young physicians, you know, like look what I'm doing here. You could do, you could be doing this too and using your money for this good instead of you know your luxuries and travels and all mm-hmm. that. Like which could come well, will we'll pay forward on its own. I feel like when you pay it forward, it always comes back and like you you could enjoy those things a lot more when you know that you're doing something with your resources that other people don't have. Other people don't have. Absolutely. There's a there's a definition of like. How do you measure the, 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 the caliber of a master? And you can like talk about how awesome they are at Kung Fu or you can talk about how fast they kick. Um, but the, the way that I like is you measure a master by how many masters they create. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, like how, how, <laughs> deep of a, how deep and profound of a ripple can, they, can a person right. create is like the true like, – because if you die and if, you're, if you have like the fastest kick in the world – but you die without teaching anyone else how to do it, then like what happened? Right. It's, it's, it, uh, a great legacy just died. Right. Just right there. And it's funny that you bring that up because that, that actually brought me back to another thing I've been thinking about recently is that I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of you know, what the world is like and you know, what's important and what's not. I mean, I'll, who am I to determine? But like at the same time, I feel like it's, I have some good fundamentals in that. And I would lo- I'll love to be able to show others that as well. Like, you know, like I think you're a cool person and you have a good understanding of, you know, um, of the, of life of like, you know, how things should be, should be run. And I feel like I want to be able to like, uh, teach that to other people as well. Like how to live life in a, the, the best way possible. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I, it's hard. It's, it becomes too egotistic when you say best way possible. It's like who determines who's, what's the best way possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I would like to like show others, like, like a master, like you said, like teaches others how, like, because you know, sometimes, when I feel like I, I found out a secret to life, I want to at, at one point when I, when I was more like more selfish, I'm like, man, I'm gonna keep this to myself. Like, you know, this is pretty cool. I'm just gonna like do this on my own. But then, like, you know, I realized more and more like it's better if more people know about it. Like, you, if you create more people, if I could create more people like myself, mm-hmm. that would be ideal. Like, I have this have that mentality of my like, that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I want to do before I die. Like, you know, like maybe write a book or like start like a TV show or like something where people could start like start learning to live the way that I found helpful in living, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, just getting, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I understand. And you are, you also want to, to see aliens or like yeah. around. And cause it's, it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, man, if, if like, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It would be really cool. Like just to see like a totally different, like even if it's like a hive mind, weird bacteria thing like it would just be really it would just be nice to know we're not the only thing yeah right, you know like to see if like that this area 51 stuff is legit or not who knows because the government hides a lot of things for us but i feel like we would know by now so to see like if all these alien, alien abduction stories are any legitimate at all like mm-hmm. 
just like you know, just to see what their technology is like, how far their civilization is, mm-hmm. and I have so many. You know, I'm sure everyone has these questions, like you know, <laughs> and like how they even got traveled back here. Like, what kind of technology do they use? Mm-hmm. And, and like, if they have a visible spectrum that has just shifted a little over, right? You know? and their like senses kind of are like, different. What does yeah. that mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> It'd be really, really cool to figure that. Out. And this, that that goes back to before I die. I want to see. I want. I want to see cool technology before I die. Like, like you know, what kind of technology will we, will we have? Teleportation. Will we have mm-hmm. free elect- wireless electricity like Tesla wanted for the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, will we have world, world a world peace where like you know, we finally stop fighting for resources and we start finally like, connecting and harmonizing together? And like, imagine if that happened. Like, we would probably accomplish. Um, space travel in no time if we all put our research together and our minds together versus always competing for the space age like we did in the Cold War or like we competed uh, to getting into space. What if, we, what if we collaborated at this point? Mm-hmm. If we collaborated and ended the world war and collaborated for resources and like, you know, had more renewable energy. I, w- I want to I see this, before I die, I want to see this world a beautiful place where everyone's working together and, you know, are more happy and, and there's like no, not a disparity between the top the rich and the mm-hmm. poor like the, the top one percent versus the 99 percent uh you know like there's the, the wealth is more distributed and you know like mm-hmm. like this whole money concept that's so socially constructed goes away where like you know um maybe go back to kind of like regress back to like bartering and like mm-hmm. you know like, uh, just cool something. things there's yeah. something like that's different than what, what the world state is right now which i mm-hmm. think is very poor it's like it's not conductive to our sustainability mm-hmm. and our like, our existence. Yeah, like a general. question that I love asking people is: Do we know ninety five percent of what there is to know, or do we know five percent of what there is? To know? Oh, five percent. You know, like Easily. exactly. It's one of those things where it's very Easily. it's very interesting to ask somebody that because you you can learn a lot. Of, like even if you just like split like do we know eighty percent or twenty percent? It's like it tells you a lot about like what that where that person lies right you know like and i'm i'm also in the i'm like in the two one percent camp you know it's like we it's because because like the world that you're born into feels so rigid and 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 like that's just the way things are but it's like there's so much room for change and like different things and i feel like with the pendulum is swinging to a point where a lot of these changes coming is gonna happen Mm -hmm. because of young people like us are fed up and tired because it's because it's the laziness that kind of stops the things from being changing. Laziness and profit and capitalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think our our generation is so motivated and so active mm-hmm. that all these startups you hear about across the world, like every little country has so many little startups that like doing crazy cool things. That I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited. That I, I'm 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 very optimistic that what some of these changes that I talked about before I die, I will get to see mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I can keep myself healthy enough and not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and and just like just just seeing like the the the, the boulder start rolling down the hill, yeah. and just like man, what's gonna happen? Yeah, sometimes you get discouraged because you know people like Trump get elected, and you go backwards a little bit. But I think for every positive re- negative reaction, there's an equal and just as strong positive reaction. Um, and I think you know people like Trump and like how bad our, our, how rock bottom I think our world is heading right now. Kind of like it's creating the same opposite kind of like mm. good in, in return. And I think that's going to really help make that vision that I want to see in the world before I die come, come true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a, like, a, like, pull, like, <laughs> I, there was this comedian who, who was talking about how, like, bad villain, like, strong villains are really important for things. Like, like, because, because of, like, the Westboro Baptist Church, uh-huh. you know, like, they, they picket, like, uh, soldiers' funerals, and they, like, they say, like, God hate fags, God hates <laughs> fags. It's, like, they're really, they're, they're, they're actually beautiful because they get people, like, 
like Hell's Angels biker gangs to to be on the same side of the line as like the gay pride movement, you know, right? Like it, it, it you unite, right? Them, you know, like it's right. it's like ha- like the Fellowship of the Ring wasn't forged in a time of peace, you know, right. like you, you needed like a Sauron to like, right. get stuff moving along. Uh huh. And it's so, it's so crazy that you mentioned that because that brings me back to like uh, question myself when I say what's right, what's wrong. Because sometimes you need these little wrongs and little mm-hmm. things that are like doesn't make sense in there. Like you need mm-hmm. everything. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, you can like, never have like a perfect. You can never be perfect. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So you yeah. always need all these little, little things to like help um, bring the good come out and bring and bring forth change. Exactly. And it's like <laughs> and when you look on that long perspective, it's like maybe Genghis Khan was like during the time like just raping and pillaging like all of China. Yeah. But he created this empire that allowed for so much craziness later on. Right. It's like, like there's a, Everything there's, has a purpose. Yeah, there's like a Zen quote where it's like, you know, uh, a, a, a farmer has a son and his son got uh, kicked off a horse and broke his leg. And everyone in the village is like, I'm so sorry. You must feel so bad about your son. Uh, we, we All of our condolences. And the farmer's like, we'll see. <laughs> and then like two years later... Um, all the 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 local governor uh, is going to war with the ne- next local governor. So all of the able-bodied young men in the in the village have to go and go to war. And every and everyone's like, like, oh man, aren't you so glad that your son isn't going because he broke his leg? And he's like, we'll see. And then, you know, like just just keep pushing it back. And like, there's no like just like being right. realizing like on a large enough time scale, everything's just all right. 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 Yeah, it's just being okay with change and like knowing that nothing's ever gonna go perfectly your way. Like mm-hmm. we'll see. Like it's something I never appreciated as a kid because I was I was such a hard worker in high school. I feel like my academic uh, peak occurred actually in high school, not even in med school. <laughs> I worked so hard and like my parents were so strict, so I didn't go out and I, I didn't explore all these other aspects of my life and my myself before mm-hmm. it was just academics. And like so, I was, like so set on going to Harvard and Princeton and all that. And I was like mad when I did it. And I went, ended up at Emory, which is a, just a great school, but like. I like always I like you know thought my, I wanted my life to be like this and this is what I wanted and like I'll be so disappointed when I got something else. But as I became older, I realized sometimes those doors that open up that you didn't want is like the ones you need to take. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the best best path for you. So like it's just the whole now I'm like in that concept that you said we'll see whenever something happens. You know, I'm like, all right, I guess this is the route I gotta take now. Like, yeah, it's this like, is, guess this shit's happening, yeah. so we'll just yeah, this buckle is, up. I, I, I'm completely happy with that. I'm like, I don't wanna get disappointed by it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I guess this is not what I expected. This is even better than it. And, and the funny part is, half the time it ends up being better than I even ever imagined it mm-hmm. to be. Just that that different route. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not even half the time, almost all the time. <laughs> like, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you finish the prompt when I die? I want. Oh, oh man, that, that one was tough because. <laughs> Like I said, after my incident where I ended up in the hospital recently, um, I, I mean, I th- I've always thought about my death a lot, I feel like. I don't know if it's normal. I always thought if it was normal to think about death like that, but I always thought about it. I'm like, man, like, how do I want to die? Like, you know, what if, especially being in medicine and you started learning about all these illnesses, like, you think about, you think about damn, wouldn't it be a bad way to go out like this? Or mm-hmm. would it be a bad way to go out like that? Um, but for me, when I die, like, I, I definitely want to die in peace and the, the way i am right now like you know like, i wouldn't mind dying uh in a completely healthy state like if mm-hmm. it was just like traumatic and sudden out of, mm-hmm. out of nowhere i i don't want it to be like long and, and drawn out I, I i don't want it to be like you know a disease process where like it just like slowly and like slowly instead of i start losing certain aspects of myself that i didn't couldn't do before because I, um i don't know i'm sure it'll cause me to be a little saddened by the things like i can't do that I used to be able to do in the past. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm sure I'll cope with it well, but I'd rather not get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, I've seen all literally people, like, you know, like, things they can do, like, walk or working out. Like, I'm a very active person, like, you know. And even with my injuries, like, you know, like, I have multiple knee injuries and back injuries, which, like, slowly already prevented me from doing something to the, to the potential I want to do it at. So I can't imagine, like, you know, dying a slow, long, drawn-out death. I'd rather mm-hmm. just have it if i'm if i'm at a point where i know i'm gonna die and i've experienced and i've lived everything i want to do like you know seeing aliens or like you know like raising an adopted child if i've done everything that i wanted to do and like you know closure with my with my with my relationships you know like just i want to have closure with my relationships i want to have like you know no like thoughts uh um uh, unturned like you know like no feelings like no like conversation like left uh uh unended like i want to like have closure to everything like mm-hmm. my siblings my parents if they're still around, all my significant others, my past, you know, any my past best friends, I think whoever it is, like I, I definitely want to like you know, have one last moment with them and just like 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 a quick hour like, a, a conversation of closure, just like revisiting our memories and our past. I'm mm-hmm. just like, and you know, like just like if there's one last thing that that I did never mention or something, just like bring it up or whatever, like, and and like and like also like give. Um, my lasting advice to them, like what I want to see them do or grow, and like, and do from there after I die, like that I always wanted to see from them. So I want to have closure. I also want to inspire others to like, like what I want them to do to like you know remember me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I remember that there was there was this old old Korean immigrant dude who used to work on our cars. Um, he, he lived, like, in, in Massachusetts. We lived in New Hampshire. And he was just, like, my dad knew him through the immigrant community. You know, it's so strong and tight-knit. It's like, hey, go to this guy. He's really good. Uh-huh. Um, and he was, like, in his late, I think, like, late 70s. Uh-huh. And just working like a like an old horse, you know? <laughs> just, like, just trucking along. And then, and then uh, I believe it was, like, a year ago, two years ago, he, he fell ill with pneumonia and just died. Just I don't like know. I don't yeah. know. But like he, he was, was like super healthy before that. Yeah. Well, he well at least he was able to do what he. Wanted, yeah. Seven you know? years is still working. Like, still chugging. <laughs> and he, he, I I think he liked it. I hope he liked it. And it was just one of those things where it's just like just like it happens, you know. But yeah. like being able to to just like go like that rather than you know like you were saying the long disease process. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's perfect the way he did it. But but to be honest with you, I want to live as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I want to live till one fifty if I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I want to be just as functional. Mm. It's like I don't. Know if, it's like it's a lot to ask for, but yeah, it is. It is. But, but I want to. I want to be pretty functional when I'm 150, like still thinking the same way. Otherwise, yeah, I, I don't see. I mean, there's certain things you could live with, you know. Maybe if you don't, if you don't walk as fast or run as fast, or mm. sometimes even if you don't think as fast, at least you could. If you could still think, I think mm. my, the mind is the one thing I would definitely want to keep yeah. to the last second. Yeah. But the the physical stuff is great. Like it'll it'll be pretty disappointing if you lose those. But if you still have the mind and could like still understand what's going on around you, like fully, I'd love to do that. But um, if if it's gonna be a slow like stage stage process where like I'm just losing thing one by the other, I'd rather not have that happen. But if I could live to one fifty and still be like you know, mm-hmm. I don't mind if I get the wrinkles and whatnot, whatever that, that's gonna happen. But um, if I like you know have bad joints, but if, um. I want to be able to at least think and breathe properly and, like, you know, be independent as much as possible. Mm. Is there, has there been a death that you learned a lot from? Whether it's, like, something you wanted your death to resemble or you wanted your death to not resemble? You know, that's funny. That's another reason why I think about death so much is because I've personally never dealt with such a traumatic moment in my life. Mm -hmm. Very fortunate, knock on wood, 
thank goodness, thank God. Um, uh, I've never had a traumatic moment in my life. Like I know a lot of friends and families that go through a traumatic moment of losing someone, a sibling, a best friend, a parent, a grandparent. Um, I have fortunately have never lost someone that close to me in my life. Like it's, I've lived a very blessed life. Like, uh, like I said, growing up in Miami, like parents didn't have much. We never like, like um, went on a vacation one whatnot. But I've, I've always had everything I needed. I never felt like anything was missing in my life. Mm-hmm. And like, and just like that, I never had anything traumatic like that happen. Like that's another reason why I think about it so often because I'm like, how would I? Because I was trying to like get myself pre- mentally perfect. Like how would I react if this ever happened to me? Because I never dealt dealt with it before. I've been such a happy-go-lucky person that I never mm-hmm. had to deal with something so traumatic that I, I know there's no way I'm going to be the same if, something, if I did have to be some, deal with something like that. Mm-hmm. So fortunately enough, like, I never had to deal with something like that. So I really can't even tell you, like, how would I... But what I can tell you is that it's something I've thought about a lot. I've thought about, like, you know, different individuals in my family members dying and, like, well, how would I react? It's something mm-hmm. I've thought about a lot. And every time I definitely tear up thinking about it, but, like, I never... Fortunately, I've never had to experience it myself. Mm. What about um, as in, in your experiences as a third year? Oh, in medicine, yeah. um, like you know, either like they're both kind of, but they're different. You know, ones in like the professional, ones in that personal setting. Yeah. But in the professional setting, have you seen has what like have have there been any experiences? Yeah, um, we have had to do had a couple of life uh, end of life discussions. We were to take people off ventilators. People mm-hmm. were brain dead. You know, it definitely hits you because it's, it's just like the, the craziest, or like even. Even without that, like even um, someone that didn't die, their parent, their parents, or significant other, or someone that experienced a stroke, and they're pretty much uh, debilitated for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Like so, like something I didn't want to happen to me, like we just discussed. It's really heartbreaking, like seeing that because it's one thing, like you know, telling the patients that, but it's another thing to discuss that with their family member. That's like the worst thing to me. Like I said, like how would I react if someone if something happened to my family? We're just like, mm-hmm. like just. Because you know they're the one that like you know they, they that sense of guilt is always there. The sense of what can I what do I do now? Like how do I take care of them now? Like do I go off and do my own thing now as a you know as someone that's still healthy versus your family members unhealthy? Like or do I like stay by them as long as possible mm-hmm. and like you know cut off on my own experiences, sacrifice my experiences just so I could have these lasting moments with these with this person. Like so like it's like such a tough topic. I believe it's like something you can't like you know have a fast uh, stead the decision on you just have to like kind of like, just take it as it comes I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, I mean it's something t- tough but at the same time um, I, li- I like to think of death as a beautiful thing it's like you know end of a cycle like you know how everything is full full circle so like I'm sure something happens be beautiful with that moment like something the family member learned something from that moment to like live to become even a better person to be the best version of themselves mm-hmm. you know like to like you know um not have any 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 guilt they have of a relationship of of a part of the relationship that they didn't have closure in, uh, they, to make sure that doesn't carry out carry over to to their next relationship with anyone any you know mm-hmm. grand grandkid son daughter significant other whatever, like so so being able to move forward yeah and like learn something from it where like you know you you don't let the the negatives carry out carry over to the next relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah the the, the the third year doesn't stop me a lot, but like just the end of life discussion is like very heart heart wrenching. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm sure like the the person is like it's going the person's not gonna be the same the same person ever again, and they could use that to become a better person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I've seen you know points where like people are like totally like hysterical, or like you know they're not. You could see that their their outlook on it is like it's gonna be they're, it's gonna they're gonna have a tough time dealing with it. Versus some people, you could just see that 
oh, this person is going to become, like, a great person from this. Like, they're going to really learn something from this and, like, you know, mm-hmm. become the best version of themselves because of what just happened. So it doesn't always have to be all sad. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it sucks that when it's, I totally see why someone could go into a dark, deep, dark hole. Like, like we were saying, like, totally lost, you know, if something as traumatic like this ever happens because it's hard to come out of that. And those are the people I really feel bad for more than even the person that's actually dying. Mm-hmm. I feel worse for the person that's going to be in that black hole for a while and it's going to be hard for them to come out of it versus the person that's died i don't feel bad for them because they, they they're, they're they're gone they're, they're not going to deal with that person mm-hmm. suffering that person that's still there is going to be the one that's enduring most of the suffering versus the person that's actually dying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's what i've learned actually from being in the hospital or just like this thinking about on my own you know like just thinking about that on my own it's a it's a wacky and crazy thing and and it's, yeah, it's like death has so much more importance for those who are alive than those who are dead. Yeah, exactly. It's in, those are the person that's suffering. Like the, the, they're dead inside, really. They just a lot, of, a lot of people. You know, life is determined by the relationship you build, and like you see your entire life around your parent or your significant other, like pretty much revolves around that. And when you lose that, you you literally like those people like really believe sometimes like there's nothing else to live for mm-hmm. and it's hard for it's hard to convince them otherwise like what else they could mm-hmm. do to help others it's so hard to convince them sometimes so certain people when people are so steadfast in believing that they have certain that one thing to live for and they've done and that's all uh, their mindset was for years and years mm-hmm. it's really hard to hard to show them the other side and like what else they could live for it's so mm-hmm. hard because it's it's not in like it's like at, especially like at, like in your experiences as, a, as a, in like med school at, on that like physician white coat side, it's like your role isn't not is not at that moment of like having that tough conversation, like walking them through the experience. Right. You need to provide the information. You need to be right. the 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 like you need to make it happen. But you, you like it's hard because you you also can see like how much hurt is going on, right? And like how much work needs to be done. But right. it's like is it your that, role? Yeah, exactly. The amount of work needs to be done. It's like a tremendous mountain when you look mm-hmm. look at it if you like if you really put yourself in the shoes of the of the family members it's like it's such a, such a tremendous mountain like damn where do i even begin you know mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there anything else that you want when you die um no not i mean that's, i think that's more than i could even ask for if i could mm-hmm. like, get that what we just talked about like, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be pretty good yeah. pretty awesome yeah. uh how do you finish the prompt after i die i want after I die, I want um, I want to see if I really if this is really a simulation. If I wake up in a pod or not, mm-hmm. I, or if I really like you know if there is a I I think there is an almighty um, creator. I mean, even if it's just like if it if it's just everything, like I don't know if there is someone that behind us that made it all happen, or if, like. I, I want to have more answers, I guess, like I said before I die. Like, I want to have some fucking answers. Yeah, yeah, I just like, want some answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after I die. Or if I, or if my, if I, if the whole dying thing was just like a, um, a figment of my imagination, I just like zoom myself and back into another dream or wake up somewhere else in like another universe, another dimension or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But after I die, I definitely don't want things to end. I, I want it to keep going and like the next, the next level, see like mm-hmm. what's afterwards. I, I, I believe there's something else. I, I like to believe there's something else. I, I believe our consciousness is too powerful for it to just end right there when our physical body dies. I think mm-hmm. our consciousness, you know, like, like I said, but your, your, your legacy is also based upon how many other consciousnesses you affected and what, how many people, other people you inspire. So I don't know if you live on through that, which is great. That's a cool concept if you live on through that 
those people and, and the impact you made. But I would also like to think our consciousness just doesn't go away after we die. There's like something else you could do with it. And mm-hmm. you're still who you are, your soul and spirit, whatever, like mm-hmm. still there. I, I, like I said, I would like to have more answers. But, like, like, yeah, because it, be, it would be such a shame if it's just over. Yeah, but I don't think it's something like you go to utopia and there's heaven and, or you go to hell. Like, that's like, this seems too ridiculous to be, <laughs> to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it, it seems also too ridiculous for it to be just end right there, like you hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it, that happens either. Yeah. Things are too weird. Yeah, things are too... I've, I've experienced enough myself to, like, kind of acknowledge that there's something that's going to happen after I die. And mm. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be crazy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one hell of a yeah. is, is there... Um, do you... Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? Uh, optimistic. It's easy to be pessimistic because I see so many negatives and everything. So, so many but I always like you know whenever I get too negative I like to see like I also just, just realize there's just as much beauty and beautifulness all around us mm-hmm. but then, like I said like with, with every negative thing that happens like people like Trump and like you know nuclear war or whatever a, a good a just as good thing will rise out of the ashes so I'm pretty optimistic in that sense mm-hmm. that we'll make progress I think our generation the, the pendulum is finally swinging back towards good again because I think it's been going swinging towards evil for a while so I'm pretty optimistic that it's, just, it's actually going towards the, that optimistic good part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty optimistic. Because yeah. it's, it's uh, such a, a weird time of transition yeah. now. And like we don't, it's like because we're living it day by day, we don't understand like the crazy changes right. that are happening around us. Like the thing is, you, you have to be optimistic because there's always going to be the, the bad. There's always going to be negative things. Like, like I said, you can't like have the good come out without the bad things. So mm-hmm. there's always going to be bad things. Um, you just hope that the, the good things outnumber the bad things, and uh, and you know that's the only thing you, you could hope for. That's what you live for, I guess. Mm-hmm. The good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you also have to be optimistic. Like you know, you can, pes- you can be pessimistic, but the things you always see negative things around you. Even in the best person, you'll there'll be some negatives. You know, like so. Like the thing is, you could fixate on the negatives and like just think about that, or think about the positives that as well. And mm-hmm. usually, yeah, the positive usually outnumbers the negatives more often than not. Mm-hmm. So you want some answers? Yeah. Uh, after you die, uh, is there what else? Um, after I die, like like what I want to see in the world, or like however you want to interpret uh-huh. that. After I die, um, you know, I just want continued growth of the world and more answers and more. Is there like a direction that you want the world to go? It's a weird question, right? Yeah, it's a weird question. It's a really (laughs) tough one. (laughs) Um, I just want people to realize that they're as significant as they are. Because because people always love saying, oh, we're like this little tiny speck in the universe. Like, we're nothing at all. But I like to believe that we're actually very powerful beings. Mm -hmm. That have a lot of impact in other people and, like, you know, how people think and how people do things. And, like, you know, your day-to-day, your day-to-day interaction, you have a lot more of an impact than you think you do. Because if you, it's, I think that's a whole, it's a misnomer when we say, like, we're like a speck in the universe. I think we're bigger than that somehow. I really don't know why I think that, but I think as much of a respect, we're also just as powerful mm-hmm. and tremendous. So I want people to start realizing that everything they do has much of a, more of an impact than what they think they do. So it's, like, not good to just have no purpose and, like, just be lazy and just... You know, just like be happy, go lucky, smoking weed all the time or drinking all the time and do all these things. It's okay to have those moments, but you also have to have a purpose and like work towards something better. Even if it's putting a smile on someone's face, even if it means like, you know, 
helping a little old lady carry her groceries in her car. Like just like anything to like have an impact where you you're changing others and and giving other people hope. And so I want the world to be like that, where like people are like less selfish and disconnected and like more interconnected with the world and just mm-hmm. like more willing to like help others and collaborate and 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 not do things for their own selfish gain and stuff. Because I know I, I'm selfish all the time, but like usually it's just so I have enough energy to help some other people out because. I like to take my own time and be selfish and get away from my family and do my own thing, but usually just to recuperate myself and my energy so I can like you know give give it back again. Mm-hmm. So I, I want I want to see that in the world where like people like you know don't become selfish because like resources become scarce and limiting, and things become more um more urgent. Like I want people to have that sense of like you know, um, connect connectivity and like just willing to like you know work together and collaborate. That, I guess that's what I want the world to go towards. Like, I want more collaboration because mm-hmm. we could really do amazing things if we just collaborate and, like, don't have our own selfish gains. And, like, you know, um, when there's a compromise, compromises are good enough, but when there's a compromise, you're still trying to make your own selfish gains and stuff. When you collaborate and you don't compromise, you everyone wins. Like, there's, like, no losses at all mm-hmm. when you collaborate. Mm-hmm. But when you compromise, there's always there's always some losses here and there. You're, you're willing to take this loss but for this game when you compromise. When you collaborate, everything I feel like gets built up and everyone wins. Mm-hmm. So I want to see more collaboration in this world. I dig it. And I think that's a really good note to end on. <laughs> I've been I've been looking forward to this conversation for a really, really long time. I was like, I'm just going to put that in my back pocket. And then, you know, <laughs> it happened to work out that we could meet this morning. And it was just like, Yeah, I can't believe you're going away possibly tonight. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. To think about. I, I, I've always wanted to, like, you know, spend more time with you. But I know it's just, like, so impossible with medical school to, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, hang out and, like, do these things. But I'm... I'm really glad we took the time to do this. Like, Absolutely. this is so much more valuable than any study I could have done or anything else I could have done. Like, just having these conversations and having someone that, you know, brings out these, challenging me with, like, such difficult questions that sometimes I think about, but sometimes I don't, I don't take time to, like, coherently put it into thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's just easier when you have these conversations with someone that understands you. So I just want to give you, like, the last, like, couple minutes what moments or whatever to uh speak to the audience whoever's listening through this microphone in the future uh however long they're listening however like far away they are uh maybe it's like you in the future like deep in your career maybe after you've been a physician for a while um or maybe it's like an adopted child like, i listened to like Rahul when he was like 26 like all that crazy you know what i mean like who or, or maybe somebody in the audience who's struggling with stuff uh-huh. uh, i want you to, to give you the floor to uh to say whatever's on your mind in conclusion. okay um, I would like to say that there's always an answer to every problem as lost as lost as you may feel sometimes um, if you seek the right person for help um, just like be open to the fact that there is an answer uh, that things will change like don't be steadfast in your views and like be like a rigid stick just like Bruce Lee flow like water always seek your the, the energies of the universe and you know your own thoughts will always gravitate you towards uh, towards your answer if you're open to it so don't don't like be close-minded and like you know just think you know everything and you know if you're open to the answers it'll come toward to you and um if you're open to change you the right change will happen so and never ne- never be be too selfish but but selfish enough to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you're never gonna be able to take care of others um so be definitely be selfish like you gotta you gotta be able to take care of yourself and like you know make some of your dreams come true but at the same time always have the the needs of others and and the greater good in the back of your back of your mind because that's what the ultimate goal is the greater good because it's 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 fun to get to the top 
and, and win something, but it's, it's better when everyone wins and gets to the top. Because otherwise, you're just at the top in your own zone, in your own land, and you're more lost than ever before. But if you could like bring other people up with you, that's when things are really beautiful and more fun. <laughs> good, good stuff. I really uh, I'm so thankful for this opportunity, and uh, this has been Rahul Paul on deck. <laughs> Thank you, dude. You hug her? Yeah. Give me a hug.